Hello everybody, welcome here. It is Nicole of Sincerely Nicole Rose and we are on day seven of Coronavirus and Christ going through the John Piper Desiring God devotional. So if you want to follow along, I have linked the devotional in the description below. It is on the YouVersion Bible app. If you are watching and you'd like to follow along, you can do so. If you don't want to, I'm going to be putting up slides with the text on. If you're listening, you can follow along in the app if you'd like to. If you don't want to, I'm going to be reading the devotional out for you. So let's get going. Today's title is The Sweetness of His Reign. Why should we receive the news of God's sovereignty over the coronavirus, over our lives, as a sweet teaching? The secret is knowing that the same sovereignty that could stop the coronavirus yet doesn't is the very sovereignty that sustains the soul in it. In other words, if we try to rescue God from his sovereignty over suffering, we sacrifice his sovereignty to turn all things for good. Good news! God reigns. The very sovereignty that rules in sickness is the sovereignty that sustains in loss. The very sovereignty that takes life is the sovereignty that conquered death and brings believers home to heaven in Christ. It is not sweet to think that Satan, sickness, sabotage, fate or chance has the last say in my life. That is not good news. That God reigns is good news. Why? Because God is holy and good. He is infinitely wise. Nothing surprises him, confuses him, or baffles him. His infinite power rests in the hands of infinite holiness and righteousness and goodness and wisdom. And all of that stands in the service of those who trust his Son, Jesus Christ. What God did in sending Jesus to die for sinners has everything to do with the coronavirus. All things for us. As Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God's willingness to send his son to be crucified in our place is his declaration and validation that he will use all his sovereignty to give us all things. It is guaranteed by the blood of his son. And what are these things? They are the things we need to do His will, glorify His name and make it safely into His joyful presence. Three verses later, Paul explains how it works in real life. In the coronavirus pandemic, what does it look like when God's infinite, blood-certified commitment to give us all things meets the coronavirus? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, 35 verse 37. Don't miss these painful and amazing words. We are being killed all day, all the day long. That means that all things God will give us because he did not spare his son includes bringing us safely through death. Or as he says in Romans 8, 38 verse 39, I am sure that neither death nor life will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then the scripture is Romans 8, 35 to 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for we are being killed all day long we are regarded as sheep to the slaughter no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us I love how he rests on this point that he gets across that by trying to save God's sovereignty from suffering or save, twist God's sovereignty to promise in a way that we don't get suffering is unbiblical. But at the same time, we aren't to be bitter and distraught by our suffering. Um, I love how he says, yeah, it is not sweet to think that Satan, sickness, sabotage, fate or chance has the last say in my life. That is not good news. But what good news is, is sovereign, our sovereign God, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, who we have been bought with a price for, is in control of our lives. Um, I know he's been resting very heavily on sovereignty, but... I love it. And I also love that he says here, yeah, when I did my Comfort from Romans video... This was something I focused on. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? There is nothing that can separate us as believers from Christ who loves us. It is the best news. It means that no sickness, no fear, and I'm going to speak into fear for a bit because I'm someone who struggles with fear. I have GAD, which means general anxiety disorder, and I do not claim that or say that as like I'm speaking something over myself. It's a medical fact. I've been diagnosed. I'm medicated for it. But also with saying that, it is not the final say over my life. The final say over my life is who Jesus is and what he does. Fear is a big deal. It feels like it takes over every part of your life. You can be afraid to leave the house. You can be afraid of getting sick. You can be afraid of going to bed or sleeping with the light off. It sounds stupid, but it happens to me sometimes. I am, I struggle with, the, I have agoraphobia. That's like one of the subcategories. And it means getting in a car and driving somewhere freaks me out. Sitting and eating in a restaurant freaks me out because I'm out of control. Meeting new people, being in large groups like a church service freaks me out. But God, God is the center. My fear doesn't get to stand when I'm with God. I had a conversation with a friend and we were just basically chatting about how we were both feeling anxious. And she was like, I actually just want to read part of her response because it was so encouraging. I want to, I want to get this part of it. Here it is. Okay. Just thinking about our brief chat. So... I don't want to disqualify what you feel or make light of anxiety. It's super real. He uses cheap shots to take us out. And then this is what she said that I really loved. Be encouraged, friend, that he actually has no power here. He has a loud roar, but no teeth. He intimidates and paralyzes us, but actually he can't hurt us. We can respond in the opposite spirit to combat his schemes of fear and anxiety. And she's speaking about the enemy. And I just love that because when I went for a walk with my dog that day, I um, I started feeling really anxious as we were hitting the, lo the last stretch of the walk. I don't know what triggered it, but I just was not feeling good. I was starting to start feel panicked. And as I was walking, I was like, okay, God, I don't really ask you 
to take this from me anymore. I've kind of become complacent and almost like at peace with it and not in a good way. And as I started walking up the hill, I prayed, Lord, you are bigger than my anxiety. Please, in this moment, I hand over my thoughts to you. I don't know what is causing this, but I know that you are faithful, you are sovereign, and you are good. Please, would you make me manifestly aware of that in this circumstance? And then I just sang a couple of worship songs reminding myself of who God is and what his character is and has been in the past. And honestly, the panic subsided. It doesn't always, and that doesn't diminish God's goodness. But and it didn't go away. When I say subsided, it didn't. I don't mean it left. But it got down to a point where I was like, "Wow, I haven't felt anxiety dissipate so quickly in so long." I was just so blown away by the goodness and kindness of God. So fear cannot separate us from Christ. And I speak as someone understanding how real and invasive and pervasive fear is every day. But I love what my friend said here that. He intimidates us and paralyzes us, but he cannot hurt us. So my encouragement after this long rant is when the fear and anxiety comes, you know who your God is. Biblically, we have the word of God. I've got my Bible right here. Biblically, we know who God is. We can hold on to who he's proven himself to be in the past and know that even if the feelings don't subside, we can still put our trust in God and choose to trust Him more than our feelings. That is a everyday occurrence for me. When I have to get in my car, I am blasting worship music because I'm terrified. I'm about to do one of the most dangerous things in the world that is drive my car. I get in there and I say, Lord, I trust you to direct my steps every day more than I trust my skill as a driver because if you know me, I'm a terrible driver. All my friends can vouch for me. My favorite saying is, but you didn't die, so we're all good. I'm actually, I, folk, I try really hard to be focused and present. I'm just, and I'm good technically, I'm just not so good at the paying attention because I am a creator. Oh, look, a bird. That's me. So... That's what I wanted to, want to encourage you with today. How can you spiritually warfare with the Holy Spirit over what is controlling you? For me, it is fear. It is asking God to place His Holy Spirit and angels around my mind to help me guard my thoughts and to show me what I need to be thinking about. So I hope this has been encouraging to you as it's been encouraging to me. I know I didn't straight focus too much on what he said there, more on a scripture, but it's something I really wanted to say. So I'm going to pray us out. Lord, I thank you that you are so much better than anxiety. You are so much bigger, that you actually have power. Unlike the enemy who just prances around and puts on a big show but can't do anything. You do everything. You're sovereign. You're in control. You're good. You're righteous. You're holy. You have a track record that speaks for itself. And I ask that you would just make that so prevalent in our everyday reality. I thank you for who you are, for your goodness, your mercy and loving kindness. And I ask that to everyone who needs peace, you will be comforter. Thank you for who you are, good and kind Father. Amen.